were Linda Tripp and Monica Lewinsky actually having slumber parties where they had PJ sets and were sitting on the couch and lounging around and maybe we should have looked that up first right right but we're not gonna I'll just take everything that pans out <laughs> in this season to be true Ryan Murphy's word is bible I'm Ellie and I'm Libby and this is Into the Murphyverse, a podcast where we dive into the TV made by one of the most powerful, most successful, most ambitious men in modern television, Ryan Murphy. If you've ever seen Glee, American Horror Story, Pose, Scream Queens, American Crime Story, The People vs. OJ, The Politician, Hollywood, Ratchet, this show is for you. We've seen a lot of new Ryan Murphy productions come out in the past few weeks, and we just want to take some time to talk about them and where these new shows and series fit into the Murphyverse. We're calling this episode Beanie Baby. We're talking about the new American Crime Story series Impeachment coming September 7th. We'll do some speculating about that, as well as the news that Funny Girl is returning to Broadway with none other than Beanie Feldstein as its Barbara Streisand reincarnate. And finally, we'll talk a bit about our thoughts on American Horror Stories, the spinoff anthology series rife with AHS references and nepotism babies. But before we begin, if you'd be so kind to give us a follow or a rating wherever you listen, that would be great. All right, let's dive into the Murphyverse. So let's start by talking about impeachment. Um, We've both seen the trailer. There have been multiple trailers that have come out, um, but the longer one we both recently watched and looks like it'll be a, you know, a great series. And I'm really wondering how it will compare to The People versus OJ and to Versace. And I yeah. mispronounced that, <laughs> and to Versace. Yes. Well, Donatella doesn't think you mispronounced it, but <laughs> um, I am going to speculate wildly that it's going to be similar to the assassination of Gianni Versace because they seem to focus a lot on Linda Tripp in the trailers, which yes. surprised me because of course, Linda Tripp is an essential player in this story. Um, she's, I mean, pretty much a villain, um, but she doesn't strike me as someone who should be the main character or at least not in the way that I conceive of this story. Um, and that seems similar to the way that they made Andrew Kananen be the central character in the assassination of Gianni Versace, which is a little uh, confusing considering the title. It's about supposed to be about Gianni Versace. So I wonder if Ryan Murphy in true Ryan Murphy fashion is just going to center his favorite actor <laughs> in the series instead of, I don't know, constructing a narrative that would be more familiar to the mass audience. That's a really good point. And I do see absolutely the parallels with Versace, but I would argue that that even happens in The People versus OJ, where, you know, you do get many scenes with Cuba Gooding Jr. as OJ, but more so you get scenes with Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark and Sterling K. Brown as Chris Darden. Um, and I guess you do, you know, you do kind of see Marsha Clark on screen as much as you do other characters maybe she doesn't have the biggest role but she does have an entire episode devoted to her and um, I think so much of what that sort of season does is kind of redeem Marsha Clark's story in you know 
pop culture and in the public eye. And so I do wonder if this series will sort of redeem Monica Lewinsky's story um, for you know an audience that's watching. I totally agree. I think that's a great point. I sort of forgot about how the people versus OJ Simpson really put an emphasis on the people, <laughs> um, but it certainly did. And I think you're totally right that it does seem like a redemption story for a maligned woman as was people versus OJ Simpson for Marsha Clark. So right, I, there's no women in Gianni Versace, but I don't know. There's no women in Gianni Versace. <laughs> Just kidding. Hey, Donatella. <laughs> Donatella. <laughs> um, so one question I have is, I mean, I could answer this myself by just, you know, doing some more research, but were Linda Tripp and Monica Lewinsky actually having slumber parties where they had sort of PJ sets and were sitting on the couch and lounging around? And See, that confused me too, because I, it was my um, idea that they were sort of like close colleagues. They obviously Monica confided in her, but I, the scene where they're just chilling in someone's apartment seems very odd to me, um, but maybe we should have looked that up first. Right, right. But we're not gonna. No, that's okay. We'll figure, I mean, I'll just take everything that pans out <laughs> in this season to be true. Yeah. I won't fact check it at all, so that's good. Absolutely not. Ryan Murphy's word is Bible. <laughs> Another thing that I wonder about impeachment is what the music is going to be like, because I do love the music that they have in the people versus OJ. Um, you know, it's very soul inspired, very like seventies funk. Um, and then Gianni Versace, the theme music is amazing. It's um, I think composed by Quayle is his last name. Quayle. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's um, Adagio for strings. I believe in G minor, I don't really know, but I do remember playing it in orchestra, loving it. It's beautiful, it's suspenseful. I also played it in orchestra probably four years after you did. And I did not love the assassination of Gianni Versace, but that opening scene, that's like probably what, like 10 minutes long? I don't know, it was a very <laughs> long opening scene. Is I could watch that over and over again for a oh, day. Oh, definitely. It's incredible. And when it's he amazing. screams at the little like Cesora, Yes. It's I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Um Albanoni, that's the com original. Okay. Um but so if okay, if this isn't, you know, a story that takes place in the 90s, mm -hmm. are we going to get a lot of 90s hits? Is it going to be like Dairy Girls sort of 90s hits, like girl pop kind of <laughs> or are we That would be fun. Like, are we going to get like like 90s rap? Like I'm just I'm I'm so interested to see what the music is going to be like. Yeah, me too. And it's also interesting because all of these crime stories take place around a similar time. And I know we've talked about that before, like why are they all 90s crimes? And I guess that's just what we decided on was that um, they all occurred probably when Ryan Murphy was forming his thoughts about <laughs> narrative and, you know, how old is he? Was he becoming an adult or like early adulthood maybe? Yeah, must have been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. Check his birth year, but not gonna. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I guess these were just like central in his imaginings. So mm -hmm. I wonder what other 90s crimes he can do. Yeah, I wonder. And I mean, 
okay, I'm not like, I'm not a certified historian, but if I think back to the CNN decade series, I mean, the nineties is known for a lot of crime and a lot of big trials that were sort of more public facing because of TV and because of maybe that has something to do with it too, but. And I also, I think it's also to shed light on these stories that were given such intense media frenzy and in at least the cases of Marsha Clark and Monica Lewinsky completely destroyed the esteem self-esteem and lives of uh the central characters and yeah to have these as a redemption story is probably part of his goal and Monica Lewinsky is an executive producer on this show right um which will I think is important to to know and to consider yeah that makes me a lot more confident that it's gonna bring yeah it's sort of like having it's sort of like having roger taylor and brian may of queen be you know producers on (laughs) collaborators on bohemian rhapsody the movie right (laughs) but um that's less of like an underdog story uh speaking of i just saw a headline of like six new names that were released as part of impeachment and joe mazzello who plays John Deacon in Bohemian Rhapsody will be in impeachment as some advisor to Clinton. Wow. Um, just, yeah, since Bohemian Rhapsody is, you know, one of my fave movies, right. <laughs> just right. had to throw that out there. I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm very excited <laughs> for you. Thank you. Thank you. But that brings me to another point. We should talk about the other actors in the series. Correct. Uh, we've talked about Beanie. We've talked about Sarah, of course. We love them so much. However, there are some other big stars. Edie Falco, who we were both yes. huge fans of, is playing Hillary Clinton. But what do we think about this? Because I know we I have just, reservations. Exactly. It's so hard to get past Edie Falco as all of her iconic characters, most of which premiered in the late 90s, early right. 2000s. So to see, I can't see her as not Carmela Soprano or Nurse Jackie. Yeah. I, like she's just that that character and so I think they should have maybe chosen a less iconic actress to play Hillary Clinton just as they sort of did for Bill Clinton Mm -hmm. um but it'll also be interesting to see how she portrays that role because I was looking at like the side-by-side photos and she does look like you know similar to a young Hillary Clinton especially the way they do her makeup and hair and her outfits and things like that so they they'll probably get it pretty right but it will be hard to see her as not Edie I think also probably our image of Hillary Clinton is very different from what it was in the 90s. Um, sure. We've been flooded with media coverage of her, but in a different era. So seeing Edie with like the straight hair and I don't know, 90s fashion just doesn't scream Hillary Clinton to me, but I'm sure it will to people who remember the story. Very good point. Uh, this is a little further down on the credits list, I guess, but we also have husband and wife Taryn Killam and Kobe Smulders playing some guy, I don't know, and uh, Ann Coulter. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> Ann Coulter, one of um, Sue Sylvester's <laughs> model heroines in life. Yeah. <laughs> I did see um, Ann Coulter in the trailer, right? Yes. She appeared, and I thought, like, wow, that does look like and sound a lot like Ann Coulter, sort of freaky. Yeah, very freaky. So I'm sure that'll be good. And also Billy Eichner is playing, who is he playing? 
Um, Drudge, the head of the news company that broke the story. I think it's Matt Drudge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, so I, I've notoriously not watched American Horror Story. Um, yeah. So I know that he does have bigger roles in that show, but it'll be fun to see him in a bigger role and not just a side role. Yeah, and it is really fun to see him as a serious actor, even though his character is very goofy and like cult, which is what I've seen him in. Um, it, it is still very funny to have that contrast between his Billy on the Street persona or even like his Parks and Rec persona right. and him as a dramatic actor. Another actor that I saw is going to at least have a small role in impeachment is Judith Light. Um, which we've seen in Ryan Murphy Productions before. She was in The Politician. Um, and remember when The Politician sort of stopped being about Ben Platt and started being about Bette Midler and Judith Light? That's when it really got good. That's just a side story though. Um, we don't have to go into that, but <laughs> I'm excited to see Judith Light again because she just cracks me up. <laughs> Okay. I don't know anything about Judith Light, but okay. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Help! He's escaping! The killer is escaping! Help! And now, welcome to the Sarah Paulson Corner, where we discuss all things Sarah Paulson. Today, we are going to discuss her role as Linda Tripp and a possible controversy that we think may come out of it. So, I remember when Sarah Paulson first discussed her role as Linda Tripp and it was first announced that she's going to be playing Linda Tripp. She said that she would have to wear prosthetics to make her face more Linda-esque, but she also said she would um, gain weight for the role, which was interesting um, because I feel like that's not something that people do very much anymore is like change their bodies for roles unless it's like, I don't know, Chris Pratt in the Avengers or whatever. Um, and I don't think that's something the actor should have to do, but I also thought we sort of abandoned the idea of fat suits for the most part. So that's going to be interesting about how people react to that. Cause I think it might be a little bit problematic. What do you think? Yeah, I've already seen, I don't know if it was on Twitter or TikTok or where, but somebody saying like, you know, in, instead of fat suits, why don't we hire plus size actors and actresses? Exactly. Um, which, yeah, <laughs> yes, <laughs> agreed. That's yeah, my thought. I totally agree with that. And obviously I'm torn because I would love to say, see Sarah Paulson play every character ever. Like she could play right. Bill Clinton and I'd right. be happy about it. <laughs> However. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. She would nail it. She would <laughs> she nail would. that role. <laughs> um, but I would much prefer them just to hire someone of the same age and size as Linda Tripp than hire like a skinny Hollywood actress. Right, right. I'm sure that that Ryan Murphy's thought was, let's put my favorite actress, my <laughs> my creative partner in this show as the villain, a yeah. role that she's been known to play. Um, and she'll make it amazing, which I'm sure she will. Um, but also, yeah, something we can take into the future is maybe just you know, hire actresses and actors that are plus size and not, you know, the standard that we're always used to seeing on TV. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been the Sarah Paulson Corner. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Now I think we're going to march our band out. We're going to beat our drum. And if I'm fanned out. Yeah, it, I, your turn at bat, sir. <laughs> Lisa didn't fake it. Yeah, hat, sir. <laughs> I guess I didn't make it. Um, so what we're going to be doing <laughs> is talking about the news that came out that uh, Funny Girl is coming back to Broadway for the first time in 58 years. Wow. And guess who is playing Barbara Streisand's character? Obviously, Leah Michelle, right? Uh, <laughs> wrong. We have Beanie Feldstein playing Fanny Bryce. The funny girl. The funny girl. A funny girl. And so this was surprising to me. I know. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was surprising to a lot of people uh, in a very good way. Um, and because Ryan Murphy has the rights to Funny Girl on Broadway, which was news to me. Right. But so, I think it, it shouldn't have been news. I think he's had it for, had the rights for a long time, right? Interesting. I think, I think you're right. Because the, there was an interview with Leah Michelle a long time ago where she talked about Ryan Murphy having the rights to Funny Girl and that eventually he would be producing it on Broadway and that she was basically a shoe in for Fanny mm-hmm. Bryce. She had I'm. She had assumed that she was going to be Fanny Bryce, but you know what happens when you assume? Yeah. You make an ass out of you and me. Precisely. <laughs> so <laughs> this is how we landed at Fanny Feldstein. Um, and I mean, her post about it on Instagram was the cutest. She, I guess for her third birthday party, dressed up as Fanny Bryce, which I don't, was she watching Funny Girl <laughs> age three? Maybe, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um but it was just so cute and it's so fun to see like the the story come full circle and it's just amazing that like impeachment hasn't even come out yet and she's already announcing another project with ryan murphy which makes me think is she going to be a new a new actor in the murphy verse yeah a recent inductee i'm very excited about that and if you if you're not aware of glee and everything it would make sense that Leah Michelle would play Fanny Bryce because her character in Glee is totally obsessed with Funny Girl and Barbara Streisand is her idol. Um, and she sings Don't Rain on My Parade a few times, I think. And she gets really mad when Santana sings Don't Rain on My Parade, which is funny. It's a life imitating art, how someone else steals her role as Santana <laughs> did in Glee. But of course she's had a lot of controversies. People have accused her of um, really nasty and racist remarks on the Glee set, along with just being a difficult person to work with in general. Uh, So it's really exciting to see Beanie Feldstein get this role. And I had no idea she could sing either. So that's going to be really exciting to see. Me neither. Um, I think she posted either a separate post, I forget where I saw this, but um, a, a video of her maybe like 10 or 12 years old singing don't rain on my parade and it's the cutest thing and you can tell that she like has a voice that she's going to grow into and is going to be amazing and so yeah I think it's I think it's very exciting yeah I I'm very excited about it but I'm also sad because are we ever going to see that probably not (laughs) unless they make like um a movie version with the original cast like Hamilton yeah or like how like dear evan hansen is now a movie maybe like you know yeah three or four years down the line 
right. we'll see her on the silver screen. <laughs> um, this also begs the question, what other Broadway shows does Ryan Murphy have the rights to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should we do a quick search? <laughs> I mean, he turned The Boys in the Band into a um, Netflix series, which was originally a play um, by the same name. Prom was originally a Broadway play, I believe. Right. So yeah, it's interesting how Broadway world intersects with the Murphyverse. Yeah. And he spent like, what, 10 years trying to get the rights to Nurse Ratchet as a kid right. and then sort of butchered that. So <laughs> <laughs> no offense. No offense. I mean, I loved it. I will be watching the yeah. next season, but it's, it can't be called good. <laughs> Agreed on that one. <laughs> Well, we would like to take a little detour from the theme of Beanie Baby and go into the recent history of the Murphyverse, which is American Horror Stories. Z- Not American Horror Story. Don't be a roll. It's American Horror Stories, and it's different. Even though it has the same theme song and many of the same concepts, it's not the same. It is a spinoff series, which is so confusing to me, and I don't understand why they did this really I mean I got just to make money but and it's not bad from what I've seen I've only seen the last episode episode seven um what did you think I once again I am terrible at this at watching this series um I got 10 minutes through that episode episode seven game over I think it just came out the day that we're recording this um and since I don't have much to base it off of I didn't really have a huge opinion on it. Um, I see why this series sort of exists. I think the American Horror Story fan base is just huge and, you know, really passionate. And there's absolutely a market for more of this series. So why not create more of it? Um, In the trailers that I've seen for each of the episodes, um, it kind of like, it, it hits me as like Gen Z's version of American Horror Story for some reason. And I think yeah. a main reason of that is because so many of the actors are younger. And I'd say a lot of them are of the Gen Z. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. And I like, the, I like the concept of an anthology series, but it kind of seems too similar to Black Mirror. It doesn't seem something that's like creative in its own right. Um, but I see why it exists. Yeah, I I definitely see why it exists too. At first, I was watching this final episode game over and thought it was a little bit stupid just because it kept referencing itself and it seemed a little overdone. Um, But then I started to really enjoy it because I loved listening to all the references and recognizing them as a fan of AHS myself. Um, And so I started to really enjoy it as I did with like this book that I read about housewives watching Downton Abbey just because it's references I understand, even if it's not great content, it's still a lot of fun to watch. Um, But a real problem I had with it was that it was so confusing because it was like a video game within a show, within a video video game again, and you don't know like who actually died or what actually happened, what's real life which could definitely be cool if it were more of like a Black Mirror thing and less of just like a self-referential, I don't know, fan bait. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, 
And I thought that a main problem with American Horror Story, singular, was that it went way off the rails all the time, way too many characters, way too many plot lines, got way too confusing, as it does with a lot of Ryan Murphy things. But if you're only going to have a one episode story arc, then that couldn't happen, right? Like, it's not enough time to go off the rails. But I think that I might have been wrong, that he might have gone off the rails a bit, even with the one episode arc. I think there's definitely truth in that. It reminds me of um, sort of the, the Black Mirror episode, White Bear, where they're trapped in sort of a game show where it, the whole thing is a game and you aren't quite sure if it is. And But then there's resolution to that episode and you you get to the end of the episode and you sort of knew what happened and um there's like a feeling of like oh so that's what was happening the whole time but sometimes it frustrates me when you get to the end of an episode and you still aren't sure what was what um and that, that can be good but sometimes it also just seems lazy <laughs> on the parts yeah. of the creators no offense to them but yeah I definitely yeah. think you can get away with that if there's like a clear message of the thing of the show like there is with Black Mirror but there was no real message here it was more like okay we're gonna play around with the murder house and see what it would be like in modern times right which is fine but yeah I'd prefer more resolution let's talk a little bit about um the nepotism babies of American yeah. Horror Stories because that is something that has just been all over kind of social media and um news about the Murphyverse mm-hmm. is that this mini series just has so many children and relatives of A and B list celebrities. Mm-hmm. One of them being Kaya Gerber, who is the daughter of Cindy Crawford. She is in that episode, episode seven, and she's also in episode two. And there's also Noah Cyrus, of course, who I, I thought she was pretty good. Um, although she wasn't in it for very long, unfortunately. Um, but I did enjoy her part that she had. Oh, of course, she's the daughter of Billy Ray Cyrus and sister of Miley Cyrus. Um, there's also Paris Jackson, who is Michael Jackson's daughter. Um, and I believe she's in the first two episodes of American Horror Stories. I believe she's in the seventh also. She's in all of like the Murder House-based episodes. Got it, got it. Same with uh, Kaya Gerber, because they're both ghosts trapped in the murder house. Something that pleasantly surprised me about this episode was that I really, from the beginning, thought that that one lesbian ghost was going to end up murdering the redhead, Scarlet. And she didn't, which really breaks the pattern of Ryan Murphy turning lesbian characters into villains. So, Wow, good for him. That's a whole other subject that we can create an entire episode about that we might create an entire episode about, but that's for later. Yeah. The thing about nepotism babies, though, it isn't just this series and it isn't just Ryan Murphy. I think a lot of Hollywood is all about nepotism. Um, For example, just thinking about the politician again, Ben Platt, um, his dad is the creator of La La Land and many other award-winning movies and musicals. And Beanie Feldstein, her brother is Jonah Hill. I mentioned those two names because they were best friends growing up and are still best friends. And um, yeah, so, it, you know, there are a lot of connections. That's kind of how Hollywood works. 
Um, and so it's so not again, too surprising. We're going to blame Ryan Murphy for an entire system that he's not responsible for. Correct. Correct. That's how we work. That's, That's how, how we, we roll. Show. <laughs> Two Wait. notes that I wrote down while watching this episode game over was one can you stab a ghost i don't understand why these dead ghosts keep getting killed again like what does that do and also this ghost has an iphone where did she get it does she pay for service i don't understand anything about that okay that's all i have to say <laughs> so we did already say this but one of the main parts of episode seven game over is that there are just a lot of intertextual references um you know referencing american horror story as a show um the couple says that they met at a horror convention um and they're both as bloody face's son and sister jude which are two characters from asylum there you go um and so there are just a lot of references to the show on this spinoff um and one of my favorite quotes is noah cyrus says about Roanoke, why does Sarah Paulson shit talk that season? It's so good. And I- <laughs> I wrote me, that down too. <laughs> me never having seen American Horror Story, I was like, okay, why is she shit talking a season of a show she's already been in? And let me just quote Sarah Paulson. Quote, I just don't care about the season at all. <laughs> I know people will get mad at me for saying it, but for me, this was just post having played Marsha and it was what I went to do right after finishing Marsha. I was so underwhelmed by the whole experience because I felt like I had entered into a new place inside of myself in terms of what I thought possible, in terms of what I might be willing to see if I can do. I really felt kind of trapped by my responsibility and my contractual obligation to do American Horror Story. As much as it's my home and I've always loved it, it was the first time I felt like I wish I could have gone to Ryan and said, please let me sit this one out. <laughs> I 100% agree with her. I can't imagine going from her Emmy award winning role as Marsha Clark, um, becoming like BFFs with Marsha Clark, and then having to play that like weird British actress who's playing like some stuck up uh, tourist at Roanoke. I don't even know. And that's where the line, oh my God, Paul Shelby, comes from, in case you're wondering. Um, so she should never have had to do that. The whole thing is bad, but like especially that character. Oh my god. It's just so funny to me that she can say something like that and have it published in Entertainment Weekly and still get re-upped for yeah, season for upon season. season. It's just like, wow, that's that's something. And I yeah, love it shows that for the her. strength of her relationship with Ryan Murphy, especially that <laughs> they'll include a reference to that comment in the show that she's criticized. Yeah, that's like mind-blowing. I love it. Um, any final thoughts? Well, overall, I think American Horror Stories, at least the episode that I saw, was fun to watch, but not necessarily great. And that's okay. Not everything has to be great. Okay, so we will be sure to come back at you with our review of impeachment. Um, can't wait for that. September 7th, only like two weeks away. Counting down the days. <laughs> um, and we'll also come at you with our review of Funny Girl, just kidding. I <laughs> doubt I will be going to see it on Broadway, but. <laughs> and I'm not savvy enough to like pirate a bootleg version. So. Right, right, exactly. If you enjoyed this episode, please do give us a follow or a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And we know that last time we promised that the third episode would be all about LGBTQ representation in the Murphyverse, but we decided to do this instead. So join us next time, and this time we mean it, where we'll be discussing LGBTQ representation in the Murphyverse. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the Kurt Hummel.